On today's interview, you get three perspectives on how to manage the COVID-19 crisis. One from an attorney, another from an e-commerce business owner, and another from an e-commerce tech business owner. Do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. What do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like Colourpop, Hawkberry, and Custom Inc. all have in common? Well, they rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform that powers over 25,000 online businesses. Klaviyo is supported by a dedicated team of experts, and it is a platform that processes and consumes more data than any other in the market. Klaviyo helps you own customer experience and grow high value customer relationships right from shoppers first impressions to each subsequent purchase Clavio will understand every single customer interaction and empowers brands to create more personalized marketing moments when you have a 360 view on customers the growth possibilities are endless Visit Clavio.com forward slash 2x to get Clavio's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is Clavio.com forward slash 2x. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 2x e-commerce podcast show. So what you're about to listen to um, for today is an expert um, panel it's going to be the first of um, a few expert panels I'm going to be running, you know, going forward. The objective of this episode is to get different perspectives on how to handle the COVID-19 crisis or the coronavirus issue right now, which is very likely affecting your business negatively or positively. If you are, you know, selling essentials, you know, whether it's, you know, antiseptic, liquids, um, you know, whether it's protection gear, medical protection gear, it might be a really, really active time for you and you might be having supply chain issues. 
if you are, um, you know, selling non-essentials, like, you know, you're in fashion and apparel, there might be a really slow point in time for you. I've seen some e-commerce businesses still bucking the trend in the sense that um, they're still seem to be um, garnering momentum regardless of what is going on now. And that's because of a few product innovation, um, you know, a few, few, few moves they've made in product innovation, which has, you know, you know, really, really just kept demand going. But for the majority of us, we um, we're slowing down and not only slowing down, um, we're going to slow down further. Um, so how do we take care of our staff? How do we take care of our warehouses? How do we um, take care of our suppliers? Um, how do we take care of our expenses? You know, and um, how do we move forward and forge um, things forward? That's um, the objective of the this series. I'm. This is not going to be the only um, episode around COVID. I'm going to be very empathetic as to what I put on the podcast. Um, so rather than giving you um, recordings I've made um, you know, a few weeks ago, I would try and record um, and push out within 24 hours, within a 48-hour period. Um, so what you listen to is fresh, it's updated, and... Um, you can, um, you know, just stay abreast with the situation. It's pretty much very similar um, on both sides of the Atlantic right now. Um, you know, Italy, Spain are um, a lot more severe. But at the end of the day, um, we're, we're all headed towards um, one direction. And um, we expect the, the government, um, we expect the business community to come together really to, to to allow us you know forge ahead so um this interview um i i had um three people in um and one um runs um i think one of the biggest um you know categories and in, in amazon like they, they run a store on amazon a family business is part of the family business another is an attorney i've listened to his webinars you know around um you know covid19 um, he is really versatile in the industry and he talks about planning his focus. And the third is um, uh, an e-commerce AI, um, you know, developer um, who runs um, software and he has a number of e-commerce clients. So they give us, a, a, you know, perspectives on, you know, on, on what's going on. Um, I will be running other episodes around supply chain i would be talking specifically to a huge amazon seller who seems to you know be doing what is right now as he's bringing in um you know medical equipment from you know china he's bringing in um you know hand sanitizers not just that um even testing uh, you know um, i think is actually bringing in um you know test kits so that's going to be coming um, in a few days, but um, enjoy this episode. Um, give me feedback um, as usual. Join the Facebook group, and you know, um, yeah, um, just brace yourselves. Best of luck and keep safe. Do keep safe, folks. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Direct E Commerce Podcast Show. I'm Kunde, your host, and you know, this is the podcast we talk about growth and but we're living in interesting times now. And this is a very special episode. Um, if you noticed last week, I didn't really want to push out an episode. And, um, I just wanted to see how events were going to unfold. On, on today's episode, um, I have with me specific 
experts in um, in e-commerce, and um, we're going to, and, and subsequently in th throughout this week, I'm going to get a few other experts coming in on the show. Um, some of them would be um, would give us um, a perspective from a Chinese, um, you know, what the Chinese have. People are very connected to China. But today I want to get an understanding of business impact. So if you're selling on Amazon, if uh, you're running a full-fledged e-commerce you know, operation, selling direct to consumer, what should you, let me get the mic here, what should you um, really brace yourself up, what, up for over the next you know, couple of weeks? So today I'm joined by Arthur. Um, Arthur is is, is creates some um, apps and software for for e-commerce um, from an AI perspective. Andrew Andrew has been on the show and they run a massive. His family runs a huge Amazon um, business, one of the biggest in in um, in H in the HVAC space on Amazon. Um, we're talking about hundreds of thousands of SKUs, if I'm you know I'm not mistaken. And then John John's an attorney. Um, I, I attended one of his webinars and um, who was you know, talking about the business preparation for um, in, in the midst of COVID. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome all you three to this panel. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Um, could you guys take a few seconds to introduce yourselves? I'm just going to start out with Arthur, please. Yep. So I'm a co-founder of CoLab, Los Angeles-based venture studio. Uh, that helps startups and uh, businesses build technology using the benefits of AI and machine learning. Okay, interesting. Andrew? My name is Andrew Churnland. I'm with Churnland Products. We're the largest supplier to Amazon directly in the industrial space. Fantastic. And then John? Uh, yes, I'm a, a shareholder with the law firm Baker Donaldson. I chair our global business team, and I focus my practice uh, primarily in Asia uh, with a focus on China and then also Europe, uh, working with uh, companies uh, doing business either from or to those regions. And I also serve as the um, British uh, Honorary Consul here in the United States. Super, super interesting. Thank you guys for making it. It was quite short notice and you all made it um, to, to this episode. So where do we start from? Um, what should we brace ourselves up for? Um, we're in kind of like the same baskets in the UK and um, US. We're probably a week behind you guys. Um, so what should businesses be doing now? Um, who should I start out with? Let's start out with John, please. Yeah, sure. If you haven't already uh, have a plan, a contingency plan uh, for businesses, a business disruption like this virus is going to uh, force, then you need to get one right now. Because uh, once the virus uh, causes businesses to have to shut or reduce operations, it's kind of too late to plan at that moment. You need to be executing the plan. So my, my first recommendation is to plan, plan, plan. Uh, as best you can, uh, because it, it will be uh, uh, a, disru a significant disruption. Okay, interesting. Um, on, on your thoughts, Andrew? Um, we're in a little bit of a challenging situation because uh, our main, uh, the main thing that we provide Amazon is pick, pack, and shipping. And we are, we run a warehouse. So unlike traditional e-commerce companies that you can work from remotely very easily. Really our strength is our handling of product. I mean, we have 40 employees. All they do is, uh, you know, manufacturing assembly and, uh, you know, and shipping. And so we do have 
we do have things in place for other difficult situations. Uh, in Minnesota, where I'm at, and in, in the northern part of the country, it's usually related to like snow, uh, snow emergencies and things like that. Uh, so what we're doing is we're kind of taking it day by day and, and relying on the experts to figure out, uh, you know, how to uh, how to handle this situation. Is your warehouse running in full capacity right now? Yes, it is. Oh wow! Um, I would say the the main thing that uh, we're keeping in mind is. Um, we have, say we have 50 employees, we have a 100,000 square foot facility. It's a quite a bit less dense than okay. even most people's homes. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we're a little bit different than a bar and a restaurant. And we have very, very little interaction. Um, in fact, uh, the closest thing we have an interaction is delivery drivers. And I found out that FedEx doesn't require signatures. In fact, the driver is supposed to put CV19 as the signature to mm-hmm. show that, uh, you know, that the driver is not getting a signature because of the coronavirus. So um, there are our partners and things like that taking, and we're taking steps to, I guess, disinfect uh, people before they come into the, the, our facility. But for the most part, um, we're, we're taking it day by day. And at, at right, as, we, as I speak right now, we are running as with normal capacity. Wow. And um, would you say this is a situation across other warehouses? Um, are you... Um, do, do you have that extra, is this, is this special case having 100,000 square foot, you know, um, you know, um, warehouse? What about smaller warehouses? Do you think, you know, th- they're going to have an issue? Well, everything that I hear so far is really related to exposure and density. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, they are in my area uh, encouraging bars and restaurants where we have a lot more uh, people coming in and coming out and a lot more density per square foot to avoid that. I mean, it's hard to be at a bar or restaurant where people are not arm's length away. But uh, where we're at, we have individual offices for everybody in the office, so they can close their door and they probably have 200 square feet that is just for their space. And in the factory, most people are not interacting with each other uh, in, a, in any major way. Uh, and so I guess uh, my personal view at this point is that uh, compared to people in their day-to-day existence, uh, we're not, they're not in any more contact than they normally would be if they weren't working. But our, our, what, we're, what we're running into is the difficulty of work from home. You know, no one can run our presses or some of our you know, box-making machines from their living room. It's just not an option. And no. so we will either have to shut down virtually completely or, or continue to operate as normal. And so we'll, what we will have is we will have some very, very difficult and significant decisions because there's no half measures in our business. Okay. So it'd be two extremes, really. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Also, what brought, you know, um, what, what really caught my attention was a statement you made. You said, we have a vast portfolio of e-commerce businesses and early stage startups that are experiencing major issues right now are experiencing, you know, major issues right now. We're preparing to them to, for the next shift. So what is this next shift? Yeah. So obviously when we're talking about the global impact, there will be a number of second and third order consequences that businesses are not really thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. And as with, you know, us going to the gym and spending our time and feeling the pain, there comes the second order effect of us getting fit. And the same thing applies here. And in terms of all the uh, supply chain disruptions and just the, just the effects of social distancing, these things may bring the long-term results that we are not really talking about. Just from the consumer behavior, consumer demand, 
and how people buy stuff and how they expect the stuff to be delivered to them or packaged for them or you know how they experience customer support or things like that. Interesting. So, so is that going to be for positive or um, you know negative? What what? How do you say see things panning out? And what what kind of time timelines are we looking at from from social distancing and um, you know all of the changes that that we're, we're to expect? Yeah. So people have to understand that there's going to be a negative effect for sure, but there there's going to be a lot of positive effect too. And the same way the social distancing is going to have long term. Uh, negative effects on retail and purchasing behavior, there will be some positive effect and positive opportunities when it comes to uh, simply um, adjusting to a lot of people being bored at home. And, you know, it's only that much that Netflix can uh, supply us with uh, in terms of the next two weeks. And there's going to be an immediate rush to have new type of experiences, have new type of, um, you know, items being delivered and just trying out new things while being at home. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, let's go back to... Can, 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 I, can I add something? Can I add something to that? Yes, I, please, I agree John. with that. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that, but I think, though, that's going to be a short term. My concern is... Unlike, say, for example, in China, where you had some implicit export restrictions because the government was buying everything up and or the inability to ship uh, things out. Uh, So things were in China because that's where most of these things are made. They were able to supply that demand. And then also the government was providing significant support. I don't think we're going to see some of that support in our countries here. Um, And so I believe or I'm concerned as this virus takes hold and more and more employees are sent home, laid off, businesses closed, that they're not going to then have, you're going to see this surge in consumer demand, but then you're going to see a drop because people are going to be more concerned with, um, uh, you know, saving their, their, their cash unless our government uh, intervene. Um, At least, you know, that's what we're, that's what we're kind of modeling out a little bit. And that's some of the advice we're giving to our clients is to really start looking at this long term. uh, And and what will they do in the event that there is this, this, this decrease in demand? There's a word on, uh, you know, people's bailouts. So so back in 2008, um, you know, those, the the banks bailout. um, But the thing was like, there were like five major players and, um, you know, there, there were lots of, you know, smaller consolidations, you know, um, you know banks like Lemon Brothers shut down and um, there was that, you know, impact of, you know, giving them, you know, the funds. But now we're talking about, you know, so many industries, the airline industry, retail, you know, what, what, to, what, what there, there is no fix. You know, what are your thoughts? Um, what impact, how far does the government actually help, um, you know, um, the retail, all industries, um, not just not just retail businesses, are going to shut down from 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 um, from what I'm seeing. Um, but Andrew, um, there is there still continuous demand coming through from from Amazon and other channels? You you know you you guys are active at. Uh, so it's interesting. Uh, for the ma- last several weeks, until this week, until literally yesterday, our demand was probably higher than normal. Uh, we sell needs, not wants. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, some, one thing that we've been particularly selling a lot of is we sell a lot of furnace filters, air filters, things like that. And so there's a lot of products that um, 
people still need, we sell a lot of them on a daily basis anyway, but people are particularly conscious of that right now uh, because we don't sell very many, what, how would I say it? Um, uh, discretionary consumer products. We haven't been hit dramatically at all. I do know that officially as of yesterday though, um, across the board, Amazon has both either stopped purchase orders or limited purchase orders because they are trying to uh, allow maximum capacity for medical supplies and health and wellness products. Basically, they've run out of paper towels and related products and they have that coming in and they don't want their uh, receivers and other warehouse staff being bogged down shipping out, you know, spatulas and you know stuffed animals when they should be receiving and shipping out these things so until april 5th they will be holding back orders for non you know non-critical products and um and using their warehouse staff to do that so that that coincides with the uh with a big increase in in hiring that you mentioned a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. uh they're both trying to increase overall capacity. Um, and while they're working on hiring all those people, they are going to minimize availability of other products. So the, the one big effect you will see, specifically through Amazon, and they're such a big part of it, at least in the US, but all across the world of the e-commerce space, is you will see less and less availability of non-critical stuff as, fam- as Amazon focuses on critical stuff. And so you may run into a situation where the t-shirt that you wanted to buy or the, you know, uh, other, you know, somewhat non-critical discretionary thing uh, is a little bit less available than it otherwise would be. And, and I guess it's also part of demand forecasting. Um, no one's thinking about buying a, a you know, nice suits now or, you know, a, a t-shirt, as you said, and, and they need to fill their warehouses with what people need, um, not just from a business standpoint, but, you know, to do what is right right now, which is the medical essentials. Um, and filling it up with non-discretionary stuff uh, would just not make any sense. Um, and I, I suppose they, they might also be increasing their warehouse capacity. Who, who knows? Um, but super interesting point about the purchase orders, you know, and just to, to limit, you know, that flow. Well, yeah, they're basically so I mean, they're, they are taking explicit steps that are outside of what the say the algorithm would tell them because the mm. algorithm just is not built right for this sort of incident. Right. Mm. Uh, but but other than other than that, I do know that at least with our sales, um, for better or for worse, uh, it, it, they have been relatively stable. I do think this is a situation where um, to the ex- for, for items that are somewhat discretionary, but not say a replacement pack of light bulbs or something like that. You, you, you don't need them in, in, in an immediate sense, but in, in the same way, they are relatively essential, at least compared to, you know, a can of sardines or something like that, that may be discretionary. So uh, for a lot of the stuff, if you're in a space where it's somewhat of a, uh, of a relatively standard good, I think that we won't see the same kind of decrease that you're seeing in more, more say upscale and discretionary products like luggage or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth. Cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. 
We want to protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's a deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, then extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Let's talk about operations. Um, Alter, you, you raised a point about payroll, you know, and expenses. Um, what should we start to, what changes should we brace ourselves up to for now? And, you know, looking out as far out as mid-April, you know, there'll be a lot of lockdowns, um, you know, um, as Andrew alluded to, um, it's going to be an either or situation. Um, how should we, you know, what, what, what lays ahead um, and how do we manage employees and still be, be, be human, you know, here? Yeah. So obviously most of uh, the businesses are entering into the cash preservation stage. Um, the most effective strategy is obviously try to defer as much payments as you can. And, you know, when it comes to the lease or working with uh, vendors, everyone is in a tough position right now. But, you know, you're kind of taking the optimization risk here because at the end of it, you know, two months from now, if, if things get worse, everyone will be doing the same strategy. So it, it only, you know, benefits you to be rational um, only if everyone is rational. And unfortunately, there will be uh, a limit to that type of behavior. So limiting spending, preserving cash, and the most important thing is focusing on how to actually reinvent your business. And if you're losing more than 50% of your revenues right now, which is really the case with majority of uh, e-commerce companies that are not um, selling essential items, then you're really definitely going to, to keep losing that money for the next couple of months, mm. no matter what happens, just due to the nature of how uh, all of these effects propagate. And we're talking about you know, bankruptcies of your vendors. We're talking about the um, potentially laid off employees. We're talking about the communication delays. We're talking about the long-term logistics um, effects and other things that definitely affect every single player across the supply chain. So we need to evaluate the, the entire business process and we need to identify the weakest points of those and optimize for those as soon as possible. Yeah, the wise words, you know, really, you know, really, really just um, be very cautious. Um, thank, thank you so much. That's a really good point. Um, John, do you have any points? Um, what, what's, what are your clients, you know, what, what are you advising your clients? Um, and, um, you know, how, how do we brace ourselves up, you know, managing expenses and payroll um, from, from your, your I mean, it, it is, yes, it, it is really difficult. Um, and that's, 
uh, unfortunately, some of the conversations we're having already is, you know, hoping for the best, but then planning for the worst. And what I mean by that is it's looking at the business and, 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 and I agree, it's identifying those weak points in in the continuum from, you know, supply all the way through to the, the customer um, and then trying to help shore those up. Because if, in fact, we can't do it, then in some of my cases, we're already talking about uh, layoffs, um, simply because the business is trying to preserve itself. So there is something to go back to when all of this uh, resolves itself. And those aren't easy um, those are not easy conversations to have, uh, but it is kind of where we find ourselves. Um, and this is worse than, say, the I think with the uh, the financial crisis in 2008 and then even uh, in 2003 with the SARS epidemic, um, simply because there's no there's like no place to go um, because it is affecting everybody, um, you know, uh, pr- pretty drastically. So what we are also pushing, we, you know, we work in public policy as well. And we're working, uh, at least in Washington, trying to promote more intervention uh, to provide relief to businesses, uh, typically with uh, paid leave, and seeing if we can get that extended as much as possible, um, because I think that will provide some support to businesses. And then other relief that can be provided to businesses that will allow them uh, to preserve cash um, at at the same time. Uh, Because otherwise, but like I said, a lot of these are smaller. We we represent a lot of small startups in this space, and you know there's only just so much they can absorb. Uh, and in some cases, the the disruption caused by the uh, U.S.-China trade war was already a hit to them, and now this is kind of doubling down. So it, it, it's going to be a difficult situation. But we are trying to help them, you know, find alternative sources of supply. We're trying to help them, you know, manage the employment side risk with you know anything we can do. Uh, you know, we're trying. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we don't think there's going to be insurance for many of these uh, disruptions. And so I think that's going to add, uh, you know, to this burden as well. There has to be a massive, you know, government bailouts or, you know, um, you know a lot of businesses are going to have to go under. Okay. Um, let's talk about the empathetic side. I was, I was having a conversation with a retailer yesterday and he was like, um, you know, can I, what can we do here? Um, what can we do here? And I was like, look, if you have access to like hand sanitizers, for instance, you could um, reach out to, you, you could, you know, reach out to the database and um, say, okay, um, every order today, you know, is going to come with three hand sanitizers or something like that. Um, should we be human? Um, now, um, you know how you know how empathetic should we be? Some of us are going to have to shut down our businesses, you know, at some point, you know, just you know, suspend operations and see how this these things flow. But, but right now, how can we, you know, show that we care, um, you know, to, to our clients? Do you guys have any case studies? Are you seeing any, you know, and, and any businesses, you know, doing things slightly different um, now rather than panic? Um, just um, you know, extending empathy, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I can add to that. And, you know, in in the current climate for some of the businesses, the most effective strategy would be just shutting down and trying to uh, optimize for the worst type of um, incident. And in terms of, you know, even in terms of payroll and expenses, the most responsible thing is to be upfront with all the partners that you have and be very explicit about the realities. And 
obviously this is kind of the thing that uh, we don't typically talk about in the in the positive uh, climate of the business, but this is the time to be human about that aspect and be very upfront, very realistic, and talking with your partners on the same level of you know uh, radical transparency. Mm. I didn't even talk about. I didn't even think about the employee bits, but they're they're, they're the most important, really, um, because you know happy employees it would lead to, to to happy customers. Very, very, very good point. Um, does anybody want to chime in on on how on openness? You know, on on how to you know um, you know be open. I know you know there's a lot going on. There's a lot of panic. You know, um, you know going on. Um, but does anybody want to you know give some some more tips on on that? Well, and this is uh, this is John. So one of the things, again, we're also advising our clients is to communicate. I mean, not only to uh, their suppliers, but also with their customers and the employees. I mean, that's one of the things we strongly recommend to all of our clients is that you open uh, clear communication channels with your employees, both when they're at the facility and if you have to start working remotely and providing them with up-to-date information on, you know, the outbreak, what they can do, what benefits or services may be available. We, you know, even at our law firm, um, you know, we've got all sorts of, uh, you know, because we're lawyers, we have all sorts of mental health benefits, um, but we've made sure that those are available um, to employees. Uh, so they, if they have anxiety or worry over this issue, there's someone they can reach out to, uh, to talk about talk to them, but also just what can they do in their homes? What can they do at the workplace to stay safe? And then with our, uh, uh, our clients and their customers and suppliers, it's literally reaching out, you know, and helping and offering to help where you can, you know, what is going on in your area or your situation and how can we all work together uh, to make this, this work? Because it really is going to take all of us working together um, to, 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 to be as successful as we can be. You know, unfortunately, I think sometimes we have contracts and we want to hold people to contracts. I just don't think this is one of those times, uh, where, uh, we should be focusing on just what my contract says. Let's, let's focus on actually, uh, being helpful and flexible and kind, because I think that will, um, help us. I'm not saying it's going to solve all of our problems, obviously, but I think it will help us find solutions that can then work for everybody. And we can get these win, win, win kind of situations. Um, I'm hoping that empathy would, you know, not only um, be top down organizationally, but also from a policy level from the government down to businesses and citizens um, eventually. So I'm, I'm going to wrap up, wrap up with a final question, which um, I'd like everybody to answer. And it, it is really, you know, what, what, what are your remote working, um, you know, uh, what's your remote working strategy? How do you intend to at least keep the frame of your business going through, riding through this, um, um, you know, this, this crisis essentially um, with um, remote, what was your remote, your remote, um, you know, working strategy look like? Um, I'll start out with Arthur, please. Yeah. And actually we're quite fortunate that this thing is happening in 2020, not 10 years ago, just because, Right now, we have the perfect infrastructure to support the nature of, of remote work. We have Slack, Trello, Asana, all kinds of tools. We have Zoom that we're talking through right now. Exactly. And it's, it's kind of good that we're prepared for it. 
except we're trying uh, trying to also experience the things that we've never experienced. And I believe there is a massive opportunity here to uh, kind of show businesses like Zoom, Slack, and others and communicate to them, hey, we're you know struggling because, and this is exactly what we're missing. And you know, as as we approach different new businesses that are entering the the nature of remote work, there is a lot of opportunity to both uh, learn as a business how to use these tools efficiently, and also uh, communicate about your needs too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Slacks uh, apparently, um, Slacks. The, the user experience in Slack is a bit Slack right now, pardon the pun, but um, I, I hear because um, they, they've never seen experiences volume of users at this point in time. But I, I hear their engineers are working on, you know, optimizing the platform. And exactly, it, because it, it was mostly tech tool. And yeah. now it's being used for no awesome. tech type of Exactly. It's, it's fascinating. And it's, it's starting to reveal, you know, organizations that um, were holding back on you know, the remote working, um, you know, strategy. There's some who have, um, I'm not going to mention names. Um, they, they've, they, they, you know, they, they've had to, um, you know, purchase laptops, you know, um, in hundreds, you know, and um, some of them have had to, you know, um, you know, increase the capacity for VPNs. It's, it's incredible, you know, um, you know, what's, what's going on out there. Andrew, um, I know it's an either or in your situation, but um, do you have any remote working, um, you know, plans or, or um, you know, um, infrastructure in place um, to, to keep the business going, say, uh, yeah, um, you know, going forward over the next few weeks? Well, it's interesting, your previous question about the empathy and the, um, and the remote work in our situation kind of play one into the other um, mm-hmm. in the same way that, you know, there's, there needs to be empathy for a lot of people that are able to work from home for, say, the garbage men of the world that still have to go and pick up your garbage. Otherwise, new situations mm-hmm. happen. And, you know, where I live, it's still below freezing. And so the heating products that we provide are still, it's important that someone is out there to ship them because otherwise we create new situations. So to the extent that, um, you know, we're able to do a call like this, you're talking about, uh, uh, you know, there are people who are working to maintain that grid system or maintain those services. So it's important that people remember that uh, for, for some, for, in some situations, it's very easy to shut down and work from home. Uh, you know, if you have a, if you have a certain, certain, uh, a business, if you have a different kind of business, it's critical so that everybody else can shut down and work from home for you to maintain what you're already doing. So mm-hmm. our work from home, we're going to, we're, we're looking at that and we probably will minimize the amount of actual attendance that needs to be at our facility. The, the, the fact of the matter is realistically, if we shut down, uh, we will likely have to continue to pay, paying employees for no productivity, and that will come out of our end. I mean, that's that's reality of the situation. We'll still get fined by Amazon for not hitting ship dates. That that's the that's the reality and the and the risk that we're we're, we're facing. Um, what we're really trying to do right now is um, when or. It, once the situation, if it does become a case where it truly would be irresponsible for us to continue operating, the reason that we want to operate as we are right now is so that we can, uh, when that situation potentially presents itself, that we can be shut down as long as reasonably possible and not run into layoffs and things like that. In fact, we're interviewing five more people in the same vein as Amazon today for uh, pick, pack, and shipping jobs. So um, at the same time that we uh, there's <laughs> we, we need the most 
productivity, we could run into this very, very tricky situation. So I think um, just an overall understanding of all the background um, helps people know that, hey, um, you know, as much as uh, all, all people want to contribute to avoid any kind of spread, there are certain uh, uh, you know, requirements in order for, uh, people to be able to do these kind of things. So, uh, we're, 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 like I said, we're taking it day by day and, um, we're actually having a discussion later today to figure out a more specific plan, especially for the rest of our work, our workforce. And, uh, just the tricky part is, um, for those that can work from home, there are a lot of people that realistically can't work from home and we need to keep, keep in mind that, uh, we need to take care of those people as well. Absolutely. So you keep the engine going for as far as much as you can to keep those reserves so you can keep your staff, you know, for as long as, you know, this, this holds through. Right. If we're going to have to shut down for a month, I want, or, or two weeks, uh, which we can do, I want to, I want to do that when in the most critical month and not, uh, not at this point, you know, like I said, uh, it's where we're at specifically, um, in our geographic location. I think, um, it will probably unfortunately get worse before it gets better. And so we want to make sure that, you know, when, when that's critical or mandated by law for us to do such things that we're in as good a position to be able to do that and do that uh, uh, as well as we can. At what stages is, are things like in, 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 in where, where Minnesota. you want to yep. Minnesota? Yeah, so we're in Minneapolis area. Um, yep. The city of Minneapolis has certain rules. We're outside of the city of Minneapolis, technically. Um, so we're, I guess we're a suburb. And so we don't have any hard restrictions. Uh, they're shutting down things like schools and, and encouraging bars and restaurants. But as far as factories and other, I mean, I, I don't know of very many places that... Um, that are doing work from home that couldn't do that on an ongoing basis anywhere, don't have a policy in place already because it's, it's, you know, uh, it's a person in front of their laptop eight hours a day anyway. Um, as mm -hmm. far as actual places that have, you know, equipment that needs to be operating, things like that, I haven't heard of anybody shutting down in our, in our immediate area. Mm, interesting. Thank you. John, um, do you want to wrap things up? Um, what, what, what's your, your, your remote um, you know, um, working plan um, your company? Yeah, so, you know, as a law firm, it's, it's a little easier for us because the lawyers, for example, can do work from pretty much anywhere. Uh, we went to the cloud, uh, you know, many years ago, and so I work all over the world seamlessly. Um, we have t all sorts of technology uh, that allows us, you know, to, 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 to do that. So for us, it was fairly easy. They said, you're going to work remotely. I just picked up my stuff and came home. I just brought my docking station here so I can, you know, it's just easier for me to use my multiple screens. Now, the interesting part, though, is for our support staff. So typically our support staff, they all work in office, right? That's just the nature of their work. Um, but again, uh, we had a plan. And so we issued laptops that we have in reserve to all of those staff and then set up networks to allow them to continue to communicate. So my assistant is actually working at her house, but we are in constant communication with each other and she is supporting my work, but from her uh, apartment. And so I think that's been really beneficial. Um, and that they, you know, that they, they had this plan in place. We do, we have a big disaster, uh, natural, you know, it's more natural disasters than anything else, but, but practice. And so I think some of that bled into our own uh, planning. And it's been really uh, helpful for us because, like I said, the, the word came out fairly quickly and that plan was put into place. And as far as I can tell, um, my, my workflow uh, has not been uh, impacted uh, at all. 
And that's at the kind of the macro level of the firm. And then with my group in particular, um, I'm holding uh, periodic uh, conference calls. And then I'll do video calls with select groups of, of folks to see how they're doing, make sure uh, that we're, you know, supporting each other and making sure everyone gets the resources, uh, you know, th- th- that they need. It's fascinating. Um, what I gathered is like, you know, Andrew's company, which is, you know, um, uh, an internet, you know, company, it's e-commerce essentially is heavily physically, you know, um, dependent and, um, where else you're in, in the legal part um, where it's intellectual um, and, you know, you can, you know, make that transition much quicker. They, they can't even make the transition, which is super interesting. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this. I just want to say thank you to, to everybody. Um, thank you, author Andrew John, um, for, for turning up in sh- such short notice. Um, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, thank you. Thanks for luck, everyone. Cheers. Best of luck. No, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it, answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.